2. 1 Peter chapter 3 in your New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 3. Book of 1 Peter was written to Christians that were struggling. They were having persecutions. They were suffering. And God gave them instruction in the first in the book of 1 Peter, not only, not only how to suffer, but what to do to prepare for suffering. You know, one of the things that I think all of us can say without any doubt uh, is that this, we have really no idea what 2022 will bring to us. We really don't know. Uh, we didn't know, you know, two years ago that COVID was going to hit when we celebrated New Year's Eve and uh, New Year's Day and then went into the new year. And, uh, and, and likewise, today, we really, we really don't know what is ahead. But even though we don't know what's ahead, we can get prepared and get ready. Obviously, number one, the first thing we need to do is if you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. If you're not absolutely positive that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. You need to get that settled today. I mean, really, as soon as you possibly can. Uh, because that, that is the most important issue in life. The Bible says, what shall profit a man? Jesus said, it, what shall profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Uh, no matter what you do in life, no matter uh, how great your family is, no matter what you accomplish in life, if you go through all of that and then you die and spend eternity in hell, what, what difference did it make? It, it really, uh, your, eternal, your eternal destiny is the most important issue in your life. And the Bible says it is pointed unto man wants to die and after this the judgment. Another thing we don't know is we don't know when that day is. Uh, I know this, that you won't be late for that appointment. But uh, that's all I know. Uh, I don't know the, the, the day when you'll depart. I don't know the day that I'll depart. Uh, and because of that, it is absolutely essential that a person know for sure if they die that they go to heaven. Uh, the, the simple things that you need to understand and believe is that you're a sinner, that you're on your way to hell, and that the only way that you can go to heaven is by putting all your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so, so many times, I know this is my thinking before I trusted Christ as Savior, I thought that if you were a good person, good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. That's not true, and I can prove it. The thief on the cross is being crucified uh, next to Jesus Christ because of crimes that he had committed. He wasn't there because he was an exemplary citizen, okay? He was there because of a horrible life. And yet on that cross, he trusted Christ as his Savior. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And the Lord Jesus looked at him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So that man... That man is in heaven today uh, be, because he, he repented, he believed on Christ, and he trusted him as Savior. Uh, it had nothing to do with his works, and it has nothing to do with yours and mine either. Uh, but in the moment a person believes on Christ and trusts him for forgiving all of their sins, they know for sure that they can know for sure that when they die, they go to heaven. 
The second, the second thing that is important is what we're going to be reading about the, this morning. And uh, the, the thing that as Christians we need to, to do as we go into the new year, and we'll take a look at it in just a moment. Let's all stand together if you would. And if your neighbor does not have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and we'll begin in verse 8. And read down to verse 17. It says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. That means full of pity, not, not a mess. Pitiful, okay? <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good, uh, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we, we are so grateful this morning just to be able to be here. We're thankful for what you have done for us and with us and even to us this last year. Uh, Lord, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, and that you have a purpose in each and every one of our lives. I pray, Lord, that as we face toward this new year and, uh, oh, God, we get prepared for what you have for us, we ask, God, that you'd help us to be mindful of what we'll be looking at in Scripture this morning. Lord, it's so, so very important that our hearts are where they ought to be and that we be prepared. It's obviously important that we know for sure that our sins are forgiven, number one, and that we're on our way to heaven. And then number two, Lord, it's important that we, that we have our hearts prepared and leaning in the right direction throughout this, this next year. Father, I pray that you would, you would bless this time together in your word. Speak to our hearts. And we ask, God, that as you speak to us, that we would respond to you. May you have freedom in this place and in, in our hearts in particular this morning. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look particularly at verse 15. This is really the text this morning. The text is, but... but uh, uh, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 
that phrase, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's really what needs to take place for all of us as we go into 2022, is to have the Lord sanctified in our hearts. Now, sanctify has, has two meanings. One is it means to make something holy, make something pure. And the second meaning is to set apart, to set apart. Now, obviously, what it does not mean is to uh, make God holy. You can't make God holy. In fact, he told us, be ye holy for I am holy. He is holy. Uh, but, but what we can do is, is that we can, we can set him apart in our lives as holy and, and uh, uh, make him the king of our hearts, make him the, the, uh, the leader and the guide and the director of our hearts. Um, take your Bibles and, and turn to the book of Isaiah. Keep your finger here in 1 Peter. We will be back. But go to the book of Isaiah in your Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 8, and this will help, you, help us understand just a little bit about what he means by sanctify the Lord God in our hearts and what it involves. Isaiah chapter 8 and verses 12 through 14, verse 12 says, Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy, neither fear ye their fear nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense, to both the houses of Israel for a, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. What sanctifying the Lord uh, in your hearts involves, it involves fearing God rather than man. The Bible says that the fear of man bringeth a snare. Uh, we need to give him proper place in our heart. And, and the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It starts by fearing God. Can I tell you this? The reason why I got saved and trusted Christ as Savior is I feared God and what he could do uh, to me because of my sin after death. And that's why it's so important when we witness to people that we let them know that we're all sinners and we all deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity because who we've sinned against is a holy, sinless, pure God. And because of that, and an eternal God, and because of that, we deserve an eternal punishment and we deserve hell. But, but Jesus Christ died for us and, and gave himself for us so that we would not have to experience uh, that, that uh, punishment for all eternity. But what, what sanctifying the Lord God in our hearts has to do with is just simply uh, giving him proper place, putting him in the right place in your heart so that, so that uh, he is the one who has rule and reign. Go with me over to, you're in Isaiah, go, go to Isaiah 29. Isaiah 29. In Isaiah 29... Look in verses 22 through 24, the last three verses. Verse 22 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, 
who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale. But when he seeth his children, the work of mine hands in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and shall fear the God of Israel. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. Again, what he's just simply saying there is taking the desires of your heart and turning them over to God, putting God in the right place in your heart. Uh, as, as saved people, you know, you say, well, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven and God has forgiven me all my sin. Uh, okay, but where is Christ in your heart? Does he have first place? Is he set apart as sovereign and as ruler over your life? That's what you and I need for 2022. We need God to be in absolute first place. Here's an example of somebody who did that. You're in Isaiah, back up to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah has a very unusual experience. He sees the Lord, and he sees the Lord in, in his holiness. And it does something to him. It changes him. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8 says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I, Isaiah, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, why did he say holy three times? Because God is a trinity. You've got the Father, you've got the Son, and you've got the Holy Ghost. And those three are one. I like the saying that says uh, three and one and one and three and the one in the middle died for me. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, holy, holy, holy because of the Trinity. And in verse, uh, verse four, it says, and the, the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the, the house was filled with smoke. Then said, I woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of, the, of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Now when, when the Lord is sanctified in our hearts, we understand his holiness, and we set him apart as such, and we give him rule, and we give him reign over our hearts. There's three things that happen. Number one, like with Isaiah, we see our own sin. 
The clearer we see God, the more we see we're a mess. <laughs> the clearer we see God in his holiness, the more we understand our own sin. Secondly, uh, we allow God to purge us. When we, when, we, when we see him in his holiness and we understand our own sin, we have a desire. We have a desire for him to make us clean. And by the way, when you trust Christ as Savior, that's exactly what he does. He forgives you all your sin and gives you eternal life. On a day-by-day -day basis, however, for a Christian, we have to maintain fellowship with God. And that's why the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's not forgiving sins in order to go to heaven, because if you're saved, you're already heading there. You already know for sure that your sins are forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. That forgiveness of sins simply has to do with fellowship, has to do with your relationship on a day-by-day -day, uh, basis with Jesus Christ. And we allow God to purge or take away our sins and our iniquities. And the third thing is that you make yourself available to God for whatever he wants. When, when God is sanctified in our hearts and he has the place that he is supposed to have and he's set apart, we volunteer ourselves for his service. We, we, we say like what is in the, our, our songbook. We have a song that we, that we sing from time to time and, it's, and I love the song. It's have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I'm waiting, yielded and still. That's a person who has sanctified God in their heart and made him uh, absolutely, totally number one. Now there are, there are some characteristics. If you go back with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, there's some characteristics of sanctifying God in our hearts that will show up in our lives. When we have sanctified God in our hearts, when we have given him the place that he deserves, then some things are going to be obvious by our, by our demeanor and by our actions. By the way, uh, we spoke of this a little bit in Sunday school the, the, this morning. And, uh, you know, when I think of someone who has sanctified God in their heart. I think of the Old Testament character of David, King David. The, the Bible in the New Testament says that, uh, that David was a man after God's own heart. In other words, what God wanted, he wanted. What God desired, he desired. Uh, when God called the shots, he would obey. Um, he had a heart that was like the heart of God. It wasn't, it wasn't a heart that wanted to go his way. It's a heart that wanted to go God's way. And, and really what David had done was he had sanctified the Lord God in his heart, put him in a proper place. When we do that, these are the results that you see in a person's life. Look down in verse 8. It says, finally, be all of one mind, having a compassion one of another, Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. We have, we have one mind. In other words, there's not fighting, there's not feuding, there's compassion, there's love, there's kindness. 
Uh, over in Ephesians, it tells us, be kind one to, to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Because you're forgiven, you ought to be quick to forgive. The Bible says we ought, to, we ought to be courteous. Courteous, just simply be, be civil and be nice to one another. Uh, when we have sanctified God in our hearts, we do that because of all the things that God has done for us. Down in verse 9, it says, Not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Now understand, these folks were, that he was writing to were severely persecuted. Uh, some of them died for the faith. And he's telling them there, no retaliation is allowed. If God is sanctified in your heart, and if he has that place that he ought to have in our hearts and in our lives as the Holy One, then, then you're not allowed to retaliate. God can defend you better than you can defend yourself. Uh, again, you go back to the Old Testament and you look at David. Uh, David uh, was used of God to slay Goliath. And who doesn't know the story of David and Goliath and how that he was just a teenager, a young, young lad, and yet with uh, one smooth stone and a sling, he slew Goliath. Well, he did that because God empowered him to do it. He did that because God directed that stone. Uh, God, God aided and assisted him and allowed him to have that victory. Afterwards, however, the king that was in, in power at the time was King Saul. And King Saul started to get jealous of David. And for quite some time, uh, shortly after that, uh, he, had, he had some real problems with David. He tried at least two times to kill David. He chased him all over the countryside. And yet when David was given an opportunity to lash back, when David was given an opportunity to, to take Saul's life, he backed right up and says, no, he says, I'll not touch God's anointed. I think it went even deeper than just not wanting to touch the one that God had put in that place. I, I believe that he realized it was not his responsibility to retaliate. And when, when, when God is sanctified in our hearts, he rules. We don't. He does. Down in verse, down in verse 10. And by the way, you retaliate and you lose the blessing. You lose the blessing. You take things into your own hands and God says, go ahead. You want to make a mess? Make a mess. I'll let you do it. But when we've sanctified God in our hearts, we let him rule and reign. Look down in verse 10. It says, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. Um, you'll, re you'll refrain your tongue from evil. You'll, 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 not, uh, you'll be truthful. You'll, you'll say the things that are right. You'll say the things that are, that are pure. And you'll say the things that are good. Why? Because God's ruling and reigning in your heart. Verse 11. It says, let, let him issue evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Um, seek peace and ensue it. Uh, do, you, do you look for peace or do you look for a fight? You know, the young, when I was younger, I enjoyed verbal warfare. 
And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I enjoyed getting into fights and verbal scrappings and all that kind of stuff. You know, the more I've learned about God and the more I've learned about uh, him taking control and rule and reign in my life, uh, that's, that, that should not be so. Now, that doesn't mean you never speak up. That doesn't mean you don't take a stand. Sure, you do all those things. But it's a different spirit. It's a different spirit. Look down in verse uh, 14, 16, and 17. Verse 14 says, But if ye, ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Down in verse uh, 16, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Um, when, when we have put Christ in the proper place in our hearts and allow him to rule and reign and be sanctified, uh, we suffer right happily. We suffer right happily. And we do so with a good conscience. When, when things adverse happen in your life and happen in mine. What's the first thing we do? Is the first thing we do complain? Or do we rejoice and see that God is trying to do a work in our hearts and trying to do a work in our life? Um, this, this passage makes it real clear that uh, when God is ruling and reigning from our hearts. And when he's sanctified, when he's in the right place that only he deserves to have, then what happens is we respond differently to suffering. We respond differently to pain. We respond differently to adverse situations. You look back in the Old Testament at Israel, and when God took Israel out of Egypt, took them through the Red Sea, took them into the wilderness, and they they wandered in the wilderness for quite some time. Before that 40 years started, um, God was testing them and trying them. Every time they came into an adverse situation, the first thing out of their mouth was to complain. First thing was not to trust God. The first thing wasn't to rejoice that they had been taken out of Egypt. The first thing they did was to complain. And every time they went through any kind of suffering, they immediately complained. Can I tell you something? I see a lot of us as Christians have that tendency. You know what that, that tells me? That tells me that Christ is not really ruling and reigning in our hearts. He's not sanctified in our hearts. He's not in that place where... He gives us the peace that passes all understanding. And, and uh, where, where uh, he gets us through those difficult situations. So, so those things are characteristics of us when we sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. Now, what does uh, not sanctifying the Lord God in our hearts do? In other words, if we don't do it, if we don't give him that proper place, what are the results? Well, first of all, it's, gonna, it's going to produce a state of unbelief, which will cause others around us to doubt God. 
Take your Bibles and turn with me to Numbers chapter 20. Back in the Old Testament, book of Numbers, chapter 20. And begin with me in verse 7. Numbers chapter 20 and verse 7. It says, <clears throat> it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock. Now God told him specifically, don't hit it. But he hit it. He not only hit it, he smoked the rock, rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. You notice how gracious God was? He disobeyed, but God gave the people the water anyway. Verse 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me, in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. He's saying, listen, you didn't, you didn't set me apart. You didn't set me as holy. You did not obey me. And because of that, it not only uh, causes the person who is not sanctifying God in their heart to have an a, a, a attitude of unbelief, but it also affects others. It, it failed to sanctify because he, he did not, Moses did not sanctify the Lord in his heart and make him ruler and, and, and give him the position that he so, so much deserved uh, and the, the one to call the shots that uh, what, what he did at that same time is also cause the people not to see God in the right light. And uh, you, you look at this story, and this is the second time that the Lord uh, had him get water out of a rock. The first time, uh, he, he smote the rock. The second time, he told him, don't smite the rock. Now, he didn't know why that was. We do today. You go to the book of 1 Corinthians, you find out that uh, that rock was Christ. In other words, it was a picture, it was a type of Jesus Christ. Well, Christ is not smitten for us, but once. He died on the cross. It is appointed unto man once to die, and it's appointed unto God once to die for the sins of all mankind. And he did that when he died on the cross. And, and uh, the Bible makes it clear that uh, he was only to be smitten once. And so that's why God had him, asked him, told him to, to smite it the first time, only speak to it the second time. He did not do so. And when he, when he did that, when he did that, then he failed to sanctify God in the sight of the people. He failed to set them apart because he didn't do it in his own life. And listen, if you, if you don't obey God in your own life, you're going to have a hard time getting others 
to obey him because of your disobedient life. And, and uh, uh, what, what happened was this caused worry, this caused fear, uh, this, this causes a, a, a failure to speak out for God. When we don't sanctify God in our hearts, there's anger, there's complaint. You can see the anger in Moses' in Moses' voice. You can hear it. You know, he, uh, must, I, uh, must I fetch you water out, out of this rock? He rebels. You know, he was mad. He was upset. But it wasn't his anger that was the number one sin. The number one sin was he didn't sanctify God in his heart. He wasn't letting God call the shots. Second thing that not sanctifying God in our hearts does is it, it shows open rebellion. Go to Numbers chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27. In Numbers 27, look with me in verses 12 through 14. Numbers 20, 27 and verse 12 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into this mount, Abiram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, thou, thou shalt be uh, gathered unto thy, thy people as Aaron thy brother was gathered. And this is the reason why he's telling them, you can look at the land, but you're not going to go into it. And where he told him he would not go into it was after he smote the rock the second time. Verse 14, For ye rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes. That is the water of Meribah in Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. So, so what he did was he showed open rebellion. Uh, rebellion will end up coming out in your life if you don't sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Uh, he, he smote it the second time and he was told not to smite it. He did it his own way. And when, when God is, is sanctified in your heart, he's the ruler. When God is sanctified in your heart, he calls the shots, not you, not me. We don't call them, he calls them. But when we don't sanctify God in our hearts, we become in charge, not God. And that's a rebellious heart. That's a rebellious attitude, and it shows open rebellion. The last thing that it does is that not sanctifying God in our hearts allows pride to rule instead of God to rule. And if, if pride is a chief uh, cause of sin, and I believe it is, then humility is a, a chief root of virtue. And uh, it is, is so important that we sanctify the Lord God in our hearts because when we don't do that, basically we say, I can handle my own life. I can do things my own way. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I, I am learning over the years is that God can always do a better job of calling the shots in my life than I can. You know, the, there may be a lot of things that happen in your life that you don't understand. And again, remember, when Peter was writing to these people, he was writing to people 
that were, I'm sure at the time, you know, when you go through persecution, you go through suffering, you go through difficulties, you go through trials. You get confused. You, you sometimes don't think straight right away. It takes some time to, to, to sift out all that stuff. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've seen it just in the last two years in COVID. <laughs> Lots of times uh, I wasn't, you know, I, I had to stop and just think a thing through. Because, because when, you're, when you're going through those kind of things, uh, oftentimes there's, there's confusion. But uh, we, need to, we need to understand that, that pride, when Christ is not ruling and reigning, pride is ruling and reigning. And that's why it's so important for us to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. Now go back with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 3 and look in verse, verse 15. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. When you sanctify the Lord God in your heart, you have a meek attitude, you have a humble attitude, you have the fear of God in your heart because you know that it is important to follow him rather than yourself. Uh, when you sanctify the Lord God in your heart, you'll have an answer for folks that ask you questions. Um, you know, as I was reading through this just recently, I, I, was, I was thinking of, of this part of it. It says, always, it, it says in verse 15, um, and be ready always to give an answer. Be ready always to give an answer. You know, as saved people, we're going to be asked questions that we need to have answers for by people that are not saved. But, but can I tell you? Every one of us needs to have the right answer when it comes to eternal life. If you were to die today, are you absolutely positive that you go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ? As I said in the beginning of the message, that's the first and number one most important issue in life. Are you absolutely positive where you sit this morning? that if you were to die today that you go to heaven, do you know that for sure? If you don't know that for sure, you need to get that thing settled. That is, that is more important than anything you've got going on in your life right now. Why? Because what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Number two, if you're saved, if you're saved, do you have that answer? In, in your heart. You do if God's sanctified. Uh, not only the answer about eternal life, but you have answers for life. But you have answers for life because God is the one who is ruling and reigning from your heart. When a person trusts Christ as Savior, the Bible says that God makes our body his temple. That means he's, he's in there. <laughs> But the, the question is this, is he ruling in there? Is he sanctified? Is he set apart? When you go into 2022, there's two ways we need to go into this, this next year. Number one, we need to go into this next year saved. We need to know that our sins are forgiven and that our, we're on our way to heaven. And secondly, we need to go into this year 
with the Lord God sanctified in our hearts. That just simply means he is the one who rules. He's the one who reigns. He's the one who calls the shots. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to ask you a question. In fact, I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. First of all, do you know for sure if you died today, you go to heaven? Are you absolutely positive that your sins are forgiven and that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? There's been a time in your life when you realize you're a sinner on your way to hell. You turn from your sins. You turn to the Savior and you trusted him and him alone to forgive you and give you eternal life. I wonder if with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just raise your hand, if that's the case. I know for sure if I died today, I go to heaven because I've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. How many of you would be just as honest and say, Pastor, I, I, you know, I don't know that for sure. I'm not absolutely positive that if I died today, I go to heaven. And it bothers me. It should bother you. It bothered me before I trusted Christ as Savior. And you, you just say by an uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I wouldn't, I wouldn't point you out. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. But I'd love the privilege of, of knowing who I'm praying for. And you just lift up your hand and just say, I'm concerned about it. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that? All right. You're here this morning and you're saved. Is the Lord God right now? I mean where you sit. Is he sanctified in your heart? It's something that we do. It's obvious because it's a command. And God told, tell, told us, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Is he got the place that only he deserves? Is he calling the shots in 2022 or are we? Father, I pray that this morning that you would really grab a hold of our hearts and help us to see, number one, are we saved? Do we know for sure that our sins are forgiven and that we're on our way to heaven? There may be someone here this morning who does not have that settled in their hearts and lives. God, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. I pray that you would work on their hearts and help them to see the greatest need that they have is to trust Jesus Christ and you alone for the salvation of their soul, for the forgiveness of their sins. Then I pray for those that are saved. Oh Lord, we need to be honest and honest before you and answer the question, who's calling the shots? Have I sanctified myself in my heart or have I sanctified you in my heart? There may be an issue. There may be, a, there may be something in particular that needs to be put at the altar this morning that needs to be offered up to you so that you can take the place that you rightly deserve in each and every one of our hearts to be sanctified, to be holy, to be ruling and reigning this next year. God, I pray that you, you would speak to hearts and as you speak to us, may we respond to you during this invitation, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all